everybody, welcome to the 36th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And I feel like this is where I'm supposed to, like, ask you how your weekend was and shit, like a normal podcast. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I thought about doing small talk sometimes. You're like, so, how are you? Like, what, what are you <laughs> the doing, problem, Yeah, the problem is that we're, we already fucking talk to each other all the time. It's like, yeah, you already told me that shit 15 minutes ago, Levi. I was going to say, we have, a, we have the, like, the half an hour car ride to this every time. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Chance to, uh, to catch up, you know. I went swimming, your brother got married, insignificant shit. <laughs> Stupid shit, whatever. Stuff that nobody cares about, <laughs> practically. <laughs> Except your family and your loved ones. But uh, yeah, holy shit, do we have a jam-packed episode for you. Yeah, we got 12 bands today, a lot of revisits and shit, gonna be good. Yeah, there's a number of revisits on this one, and a number of them uh, that we covered on our very first episode, too, so it's, it's good more timing. than fitting. Yeah, truly. Yep. Yep. Um, three of the bands that we covered on episode one, Spurn, uh, Gift from God, and The Central all put out. Really fantastic releases here in the last couple months, so we'll be discussing them towards the end of this episode. And uh, also at the end of this episode, we do have a an interview, rather, with Behold the Arctopus. We had a chance to sit down and talk with Colin for a good amount of time before their performance here in San Francisco at the Eagle with Imperial Triumphant and uh, bands fucking amazing, by the way. First time, Lots of fog from Imperial Triumphant, though. Y- that was uh, a little obnoxious. Uh, that venue, the Eagle, was pretty awesome. Just very large area in the back just uh it's just random very gay bar. yeah very it's a big just gay like bar. giant erect penis like penis art everywhere you it was know? very aggressive but i mean as far as like the the venue itself chill, the, though, you know i mean the venue itself and everything i mean I, I would go to another show there i just it's just so funny like how many random bars in san francisco will put on a show and you walk in you're like no shit this is a <laughs> bar okay all right I was well aware of the Eagle because they. I know. Oh, were you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I just never gone there. But were you? <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to reveal any personal detail here. You know, I just they do metal shows there. Uh, I believe Primitive Man actually played there not too long ago. If I'm not, no, it was Vermin Womb played. That there. was Vermin Womb. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. We both missed that one. I think, though, unfortunately. I don't think I ever actually saw Vermin Womb live. Come to think of it. Did you? No. Yeah. No. No. We've always seen Primitive Man uh, every time in Oakland. Yeah, yep. totally. Seen them like five times. I want to say. Yep. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so before we get started with this episode, our YouTube account, we've got a really active YouTube channel right now. We're really pumping out the live sets um, from MathCore Index Fest 2019. Right now we've got Half Slug, Freighter, and Sar up. Uh, you should notice an improved audio quality this year thanks to the homie Hunter of Potion. Half Slug's first part of their set uh, is a little iffy, and then it, then Hunter stepped in and we were able to get the audio. So, like, you know, Zar's uh, set, Freighter's set is just full, awesome audio. That was the only set um, that we did not capture the full thing. It was just, like, the first few minutes of Half Slug set that we didn't get the, the pro audio, if you will. But, the, I mean, it still sounds great. I was going to say, Half Slug didn't need that. They were, yeah, <laughs> that, that's still a great set. That should not diminish your enjoyment of that band set. It's so fucking just obnoxiously catchy and heavy too at the same time good groove it's like they just one up straight from the paths like old better sound yep anyway um say so we've got those three live sets up from this year along with 15 from last year including car bomb and again thanks so much to the homie hunter of potion and uh trichomoniasis actually trichomoniasis just signed to new standard delete so congrats to him did you hear about that no yeah hunter uh, of potion is also in another really great brutal death metal band called trichomoniasis uh, Such so a fucking good name. It is. And again, they just signed to New Standard Elite, which is one of the best like brutal death metal labels out there right now, apart from, you know, Unique Leader, say. I'm going to pinch your cheeks, Hunter. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good kid. Hell of a fucking player, too. Really just a, a great... He's got, he's got a vision, clearly, for what he's doing, so kudos to him. Uh, the other thing I want to plug is that we've got photo galleries up from the fest, too, by local Bay Area Jerry Guzman, uh, and, uh, of course, our own Vinny, Vincent Courtois. 
So I'll try to link that in the description for you as well, along with the YouTube channel. And uh, one other thing I want to plug, again, we've got a Patreon right now. If you become a supporter, you gain exclusive benefits like early access to photo essays, interviews, video content, such as premieres and full HD sets from MathCore Index Fest 2019, insight and input to our creative process, and more. And of course, Patreon supporters help decide what bands we cover every episode. So thank you so much to our Patreon supporters, Andre, Austin, Cameron, Carter, Chris, Eric, Daniel, David, Eli, Evan, Grady, Satai, Isaac, Jacob, Jamie, Jasper, Chris, Jeff, Jeremiah, Jesse, Jesse, Kent, Kevin, Chris, Matt, Mike, Ollie, Otis, Phil, Richard, Rory, Sam, Sean, <laughs> the whole Senza unit, all of Senza, Tim, and of course, Akoni. So thank you so much, guys. Really do appreciate your continued support. And uh, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, please shoot us an email to mathcoreynix at gmail.com. And uh, we'll try to get back to you. Shoot us some nudes. You know, we don't care. It's all mm. good. Mm. Yeah. Also, the podcast is now on Spotify, so you can find us there. And naturally, leave us some love on iTunes. Leave us a review. Leave us five stars, you know. Just uh, let us know your thoughts. All right. So the first pair we're going to talk about is Under the Pier. <laughs> Under the Pier are a four-piece mathcore band from Baltimore, Maryland. They are a new band. They just released their debut self-titled EP, which is for tracks of breakdown-laden mathcore and metalcore with uh, plenty of scrunky chords. It is sure to please most everyone who's listening to this. Fuck yes, dude. Um, I I want to say they are from the same area that I'm going to compare this band to, but uh, there was a band uh, in the early 2000s, Alert the Sky. Um, just the same solid, like slow, chunky kind of metalcore breakdowns, but got those kind of zany little parts to it too like like little guitar runs here yeah yeah um uh, and they i i believe they did like two or three eps uh but this this is four tracks of awesome awesome like just i guess i would just say reminiscent heavy metal tour in different ways i don't even want to put my finger on it really and i'm sorry i don't even want to drop i I know you're going with this yeah i dropped alert this guy but like i just it has this feeling where I don't know, man. I it, think it's because they're just the musical vernacular is just so similar that every time you hear it, you're like the, their, their influences are on the tip of your tongue. You, yeah, you, you. I'm not sure where you guys are in age, but please tell me you listen to Curl Up and Die or you grew up listening to Curl Up and Die. I think they're all in like their mid twenties. It's uh, I. It's it's great, man. This uh, Under the Pier is awesome. Uh, I love that you guys are both on uh, Bandcamp and uh, uh, Spotify. I was able to jam you on my uh, walk uh, for Christian Pick Me Up this morning since you were on Spotify. Um, I really, really enjoyed. I would say this. I, I know it's the first band we're covering already, uh, but this was definitely my favorite of the new uh, releases this uh, uh, episode. I mean, for a four-track EP, it's it's got a lot of repeat. And there was part of that. I feel like I could just slam through the four tracks, and at the end, be mm. like, "Oh, it's done. Fuck it, one more time." Exactly. Like that yeah. Thing. yeah. The replay value is definitely yep. there. And yeah, it is it is reminiscent. That's funny you say that because it just keeps taking me back to other like MySpace era bands, right down to the Panic chords and audio inserts, yep. and. Um, you know, the whole time I was listening to this band, I just kept thinking of Accident Prone. I think it's because of the vocal approach, maybe. That's what I'm saying. Just you could just, I, it's great. This is whole like just reminiscent metalcore kind of sound. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it also reminded me of uh, Into the Moat. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, suddenly it, that really clicked to me on like the fifth or sixth listen of this EP. I was like, oh, this is kind of you know in the the vein of like a deathcore mathcore band. So mm-hmm. like very, as I said, breakdown laden. So. That kind of makes sense with that comparison too. I would also sort of compare them to like the Chariot, Scarlet. It reminded me a lot of Scarlet. So I mean, fuck yeah. Accident prone sounds like Scarlet, so I think that's why I'm, I'm thinking that. Um, CU Space Cowboy. So again, I think this should be a real crowd pleaser. 
Um, and one little fun fact about this release, this band actually found their bassist, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the homie Daniel via uh, Math Corey Nix's community page, if I'm not mistaken. Connecting. Was, yeah, exactly. Just the power of the fucking community. Well, it's MathCore Index community, and it truly, it, it keeps showing itself that it is a community on there. That's that's always been the goal. We want to we wanna bring people together. And um, let's see here. So I can't remember what the name of the track is. I want to do track one, though. I was thinking that we go ahead and do track two. I think oh, that pretty much... Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that pretty much has uh, everything I wanted. Track one takes a second to get going. It, okay, that's the one thing I want to say about track one. It, like, every, I've played this, like, I would say ten times at least, and five or six of the times, I'm like, wait, are, is my volume up? Wait, wait, is it still fucking going? Like, it, you guys have a little too long of, like, a quiet part in that first track where I literally have to check my phone and see if I've hit play or not. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there. <laughs> All right. So we're going to listen to Flux, which is track two from Under the Pier's new self-titled EP. And that just came out on August 9th of 2019. Here we go. absolutely willing to die all right so that was flux by under the pier and that's off their new self-titled ep which just came out last month in august so next we're going to talk about throws and i really had to like check triple check if we talked about them previously on this mm-hmm. podcast but we haven't nope we they, they appeared on math Corey next volume one but they've we've never actually discussed them on this podcast nope you've always you know, we just talked about them a lot we've seen them a lot live we've talked about and, them tons yeah, on this yeah. podcast even i mean in terms of comparing them to bands that sound like you know this and that but yeah this is the first time we've ever actually covered this band on this podcast which again is just surprising because they are so good and they left such a good impression on me when we saw them in oakland that one time mm-hmm 
They just really put on an excellent live performance. So Throws uh, are a five-piece sludgy hardcore. You could definitely call them mathcore uh, from Idaho. And uh, Throws released their first EP to Dust back in 2016, which I absolutely loved. Fuck, that was awesome. I'm sure you can tell by how we're talking about this band that we really like their music. Uh, we, again, we featured one of those tracks on our first compilation. <clears throat> Excuse me. And now the band are back with their debut full-length in the hands of an angry god, which came out back in late July via Holy Roar Records. As we mentioned, the band plays a blend of sludge and chaotic hardcore with growled vocals, dissonant guitar, and relentless rhythmic sh- savagery. Yep. Those are kind of like the main highlights. Fucking Thro- slow and sludgy wins the race here. It's like they, they definitely took it down a notch in a good way on this release. Truly. You know, this new material is sort of a departure from To Dust uh, in that they've sort of, they're exercising a lot more constraint on this release. Instead of just hitting you with furious track after furious track, the more aggressive songs are broken up with like slower, uh, more deliberate tracks and embellish more of the sludge elements. Yep. I wouldn't even say this this release like matured. It just they just slowed it down a little bit, you know. Because I I thought the the last release that we had, uh, the last that we uh, I guess that we didn't cover. Um, I it, it's it's been in my phone like I always like throw it on, you know. And I think that's maybe why we thought we've covered them before because that first release has just been you know we always jam that shit. You're in our hearts and minds, throws. Yep. It, Think about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, shout out to Holy Roar. You guys have been busy lately. Fuck yeah, some good shit. They've been doing some good signings. I feel like this last year has really been a year where um, the bands that Mathcore Index has endorsed since the beginning are now getting signed. You know? Oh yeah. You I've, see, I mean, it's all it's it's really we're cool. the fucking Nostradamus of, of Mathcore yeah. anyway. Like, I mean, may the re- may the labels be following Mathcore Index and then picking it up from there, or maybe you know Christian is just really nailing it on the head. It's just really cool to see these bands uh, not only pump out good shit but stay together. Then you see uh, you know randomly one day you'll be like, "Oh shit, fucking Seizures is on Decibel." Holy fucking shit, like that kind of thing. And it's just great to see everybody just progress and just, you know, produce amazing aggressive music. And I mean, if we're talking about bands that I, I truly believe in, I mean, Seizures, Throws, I mean, those are a couple that uh, I just I, I definitely had a good feeling about, and sure enough, they've they've come a real fucking long way. Yeah. Not to say that Seizures is on any like major label because they aren't. They're they're self-releasing. Seizures getting a lot of attention right now, though. But they for are yeah. a DIY uh, thing like that. They're a, they're an excellent band, and they they deserve all the attention for sure. Especially since they're you know they're gigging with like Curl Up and Die. That's like a, a major like nod for them. Yep. But we're getting on a sidetrack here. We get back to throws. So yeah, they they sort of branched out a bit more on this new this new album a little more uh deliberate there's even like sort of a deftones like track towards the end of this album and well it wasn't much for that but i'll whatever i'll take it it was okay and you know that and actually i thought that that and the second to last track kind of like brought me back towards the end of this album you know it's as if they like they read they read my mind the last track on the album is just a quick minute and a half banger too which is <laughs> that's exactly what i wanted just tuck you in at the end there and there you, you know but if i'm being completely honest um they did kind of lose me a bit with those more repetitive sequences. I probably could have done without so much repetition in some of these more like sludge-oriented tracks, but I guess that's what sludge is, isn't it? It's it's more repetition. It's uh, it's relentless in a different sort of way. It's more of a ride, man. You got to be a little more patient. You know those five-minute tracks and everything. You know. Truly, yeah, exactly. You got to be a bit more patient, and and the, the payoff is still there, though. Um, actually, if you're curious to hear more about this album, you, you can read. Lane Oliver's review on the album on our website. Mm-hmm. That along, was a good one. Along with several others, and I will link those in the description for you. I think he recently just reviewed Shock Narcotics' new album, too. So what's the track? Bad Meat, for sure. Boom! 
yeah, I mean that that's that's the one. It's like every other track, as I said, is is more aggressive. So it would have been one I knew of we those were gonna, tracks either way. Yeah, but, I knew we were going to agree on this for sure. Yeah, um, but just Bad Meat, it's just a strong opener for this album. So we're going to listen to Bad Meat, which is track one from In the Hands of an Angry God. And that came out back on July 26th of 2019. Here we go. <laughs> So that was Bad Meat by Throws, and that's track one from their new album, In the Hands of an Angry God, which just came out via Holy Roar Records back in July. So the next band they're going to talk about is Ox. Ox are a they're a mathcore band from Denmark. They started back, I mean, that's how I would describe them anyway. Absolutely. It's sort of a tough call, honestly. They're, they're really eclectic. Um, this is really kind of just all over the place stylistically. Um, they released their self-titled debut EP back in 2012, a uh, full length in 2015, and another in 2017. And now they're back with their third full length album. The skeleton is just a coat hanger. These are the black strings that make you dance. Great album title. Ooh, it's good. And uh, Ox sound again, as I was just saying, is rather difficult to pin down. I'm, I'm sure many. Uh, I'm sure much like all the publicity you're seeing for Throws recently, it's you're seeing uh, the publications kind of struggle to describe them, but. Uh, at its heart, it's hardcore, just very avant-garde, and fairly technical at that, so 
I would describe them as mathcore. Again, I'm inclined to say that there's also elements of sludge, though, maybe a little bit of black metal, occasionally jazz here and there. They managed to sneak a saxophone on this album as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, um, it's very subtle how they sneak the, the sax in, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one I enjoyed uh, on my walk this morning. Um, just a great record. Uh, was really, really digging the track, Screwdriver Him. Uh, really like the vocal approach. Um, kind of just, yeah, it's all over the place. It's just chaotic. It's grimy. It's fucking angular at times, too, you know? Um, the, I don't know, man. I, I think it just finishing with throws like you were saying i think this is just right up the uh, alley of olam spurn throws all those kind of bands you know yeah i mean i feel like they, they could belong on uh woo arg that european label mm, who's on there um who else is on there let's see um dead like me we've covered them yep uh, covered them previously that album was so fucking good by the way bind torture kill um stuntman oh awesome you know, yeah. There's, there's, there's like a whole wave of this sort of, black, I don't want to say it's all blackened, but really dark. Let's say dark hardcore coming out of of Denmark and the surrounding area, right? In, you know, like the Netherlands. That's kind of what I was going with, grimy. I guess mm-hmm. I'm like really not sure. It's just yeah, like this dark like hardcore filth mm-hmm. um, on top of the recordings. <laughs> yeah, it is fucking filthy for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they really have this kind of raw, sort of like live sound of these recordings. That's what, dude. So the vocals. And the, the recordings equally bring out this grime. That's kind of like what I have here on my notes. Uh, it's 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 very satisfying. It is, yeah. I think it's a live recording with some overdubs. And if that's the case, even better, because you know they can execute this well live. And, uh, yeah, I would re- recommend them for people who like botch and again, anything on that Wooarg label. Um, so I think we should go listen to uh, track one. Cool. Awesome. Great. So we're going to listen to track one, which is uh, Labyrinth Minotaur Hymn, which is track one from The Skeleton is Just a Coat Hanger, These Are the Black Strings That Make You Dance. And that came out on August 16th of 2019. Here we go.
was so good. I love that so much. I think I might have to get that vinyl now. Sneak a sax. I think that might have been actually my favorite release this episode, come to think of it. I, I spun this quite a few times, especially last night. Like a couple times, three or four times, actually. Um, anyway, so that was that was Ox, and that was their track Labyrinth Minotaur Hymn. And that's uh, track one from The Skeleton is Just a Coat Hanger. These are the Black Strings That Make You Dance, which came out last month. So next, we're going to talk about Louvre. Louvre are a hardcore mathcore band from Montreal, Quebec. And uh, thanks to our Patreon supporters for voting on this band. Louvre are a new band. They just started uh, late last year, releasing one single and two other singles as a part of their debut EP, uh, Bete Noir. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. The first word, anyway. And there's not a whole lot of music to listen to available from them right now. Uh, just these three songs, but what I've heard, I, you know, I'm excited to hear more. There's quite a few Louvs out there. Surprised you chose this so late, late, late on. I guess. Um, I, I I googled and also Bandcamp. There's there's quite a few bands out there, active and dead, that are just called <laughs> Louve or the Louve. Whoops. Yeah, you know, just throwing it out there. What's in a name? You know? Whatever. Yeah, it is. But uh, solid three tracks though. Um, Not search engine friendly, perhaps. But yeah, it, I mean, this was the this band took me the longest because sometimes Christian will have to send me the link because I'm like, yo, dude, I literally cannot find these guys. That's understandable. Again, um, this. so this was one I was about to admit defeat, but I did not. All twelve bands I found. So there you go. <laughs> they they kind of play uh, aggressive and chaotic hardcore that is broaching mathcore territory. Very feedback heavy breakdowns. In the vein of like Norma Jean. That's Jerry. what I enjoyed the most about this. Yeah. Um, back to that reminiscent metalcore sound of what we were talking about with Under the Pier. Mm-hmm. This was just it just it hit my ears great. I I really like that. And it is more chaotic kind of metalcore, but we do cover that quite a bit here. We oh, yeah. the grind and chaotic metalcore kind of always bleed in and you know, it is what it is. Yeah, you know, we like to show love to adjacent genres as well. I mean if there's there's some blasting and it sounds nasty or there's some huge breakdowns and it's not as you know, obnoxiously say gent or deathcore yeah. for example it's not like tongue-in-cheek then we'll give it a shot i don't think there's one person out there that just enjoys mathcore i'm pretty sure you enjoy if, if you enjoy mathcore you enjoy you Math are just rock a, probably you're, yeah you're a lover of ex- metal like, yeah of like extreme music in general yeah. you know so it's like yeah we all can agree here like i is i run a mathcore blog and do a mathcore podcast but you bet your ass that i love brutal death metal and i also love math rock um which i know kind of is maybe a bit confusing but he also has a Nick Drake record on his 12-inch uh, <laughs> player right now, so I just want to throw that out there. That is my Nick Drake Pink Moon box set. Yeah, I know. You, you've told me. And there's... <laughs> I, I don't even think there's even 100 of those in existence. I, I don't know what the fuck... Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's... <laughs> So, Listen, uh, Levi, you may have heard this story, but they great, haven't, okay? I'm going to tell somebody new my story about great my record. Nick Drake record. It's great. <laughs> Nick Drake is great. So the first time I heard... Really is a fantastic record, though. Like, give it a shot if you need some fucking some very sad. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, he was a sad man. He offed himself because he was, uh, you know, depressed about his lack of commercial success. Um, (laughs) So, anyways, the Louvre. No, (laughs) so anyways, Louvre. Louvre. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, they've got three singles out right now. um, A couple music videos. So they're they're kind of off to a good start. Yeah, busy. But. I, I think maybe they're having a problem with visibility because they don't have all these songs on Bandcamp. They're releasing them as singles kind of sporadically. So that would be my one critique for, for them is to maybe, you know, get the album on Bandcamp at least as a pre-order or something. I mean, they've got the track listing out right now, but they've got tracks on YouTube, 
um, some of the tracks aren't on YouTube. Some of the tracks are on Facebook, and mm-hmm. not all those tracks are on Bandcamp. So it was kind of a lot of work for me to like go back and forth and figure out what the newest track was or even what track I wanted to listen to. Yep, it took me a while last night um, to figure it all out. So Yeah, and Generation Y sort of starts off strong um, and has this really anthemic mosh call, but that doesn't really do it for me overall. And New Rune I thought was a bit too short. That's the second single. So I think we should listen to uh, 3220 Hollow Point. Oh, cool. Yep. I'm not sure if you get a chance to hear that one. but uh, So 3220 Hollow Point is off their new EP, uh, Bete Noir. This and is the first time I'm hearing this one. Uh, I only listened to the other two tracks. so. Well, here we go. And, uh, well, I said that too early. <laughs> God <laughs> gotcha. damn it, you tricked me, you <laughs> son of a bitch. So October 15th, 2019 is when this is coming out in full. Here we go. That was 3220 Hollow Point off uh, Louvre's new EP, Bete Noir, and that comes out in October, October 15th. So next we're going to talk about Soul Keeper. Soul Keeper are a heavy, hardcore, progressive metal band from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Did you know that, Levi? Midwest love. I saw that right <laughs> away, baby. <laughs> he could barely Ow! contain himself. <laughs> Midwest? I was just waiting for that fucking moment for you to be like, Twin Cities! <laughs> Minneapolis is tight as fuck. You, like, really love that city. You always I think it's just wax, got, wax nostalgic about it. I think it's gotten cooler and cooler. I think there's a lot of cool bands there. I think a lot of people don't give Minneapolis enough love. So Isn't that after the burial from there? Or? <laughs> you fucking right. Dead to I fall. Thought, yeah. All that shit. God, what was that? What was the name of that venue that just shut down recently? The Little Rock? Uh, Yeah, Little Rock. Um, And then we lost Fifth Avenue as well. Yeah, yeah. Some of, I saw some. No, great. Triple Rock. Triple Little Rock. Rock. I'm sorry. Ooh, Little Rock. Ooh, boy. <laughs> yeah, Triple Rock. Ooh, Christian made a faux pas. Yeah, man. yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, not from the Midwest though. What I mean, what the fuck do I know? Yeah, but uh, but yeah. Anyways, uh, I noticed that right away. Uh, these guys, I fucking got down with man. They got that kind of a uh, th- that glitchy style of chaotic hardcore going on. Uh, mm-hmm. Really digging it. Yeah, I would describe them as 
you know, breakdown heavy progressive metalcore. Like they, Absolutely. They, so Soul Keeper started back in 2015, just to give you the, the quick synopsis, released their first EP in 2016, another EP in 2018, another back with their newest single, Gorgeous. And uh, as we were just discussing, they play progressive metalcore, shall we say, uh, as of late with more chaotic elements. And so just right out of the gate, I want to say that this band have come a long way. They've made a lot of improvements. Their early material is definitely more elementary by comparison. Yep. You, I'm sure Levi would probably call it gent. Yep. I reviled that term. Yeah, yeah. Um, but by the end of their first EP, you can already see like a slight progression, and then it's fully evident by their the next 2018 EP that you know they've progressed even further. The EP never better. It, it's great, but this is just like that extra like 10%, like 20% like step up, which I'm really stoked on. Same sound, just really just fine tuning it, you know. Yeah, they they really have. It's just gotten better and better. I think this is a promising, a promising uh, single for hopefully a full length album. If you like mouth breather and vain, especially those drum tones, they're so vain uh, with with that snare, especially knocked loose. Even brands like Youth Forever, Sworn In, very obviously Barrier, Structures, Volumes, Kalmashi, mm-hmm. Sleep. I'm just looking at a playlist here now. Sleep Sculptor, who we're talking about later in this episode. This should really wet your whistle. You should really enjoy this if you like that kind of, as Levi was saying, sort of glitchy, heavy hardcore. Yep. So I think, uh, you think anything else you want to say about this band? I think we just got it all out there. Uh, no, dude. Honestly, uh, just uh, that I, I, I really enjoy this. It's, honestly, this is one of the bands that's like, oh, sucks. It's only a, a, a single. I wish uh, I'd be covering a full brand new EP. I think that's why I don't have more to say. This is another band that our Patreon, our Patreon supporters voted on as well. So thanks for that. Uh, Soul Keeper. You guys might know uh, the homie out there, uh, Dave from uh, I believe it's uh, then- Victor Shores. Uh, but if you guys don't uh, jam Victor Shores, get on that shit. They're in Minneapolis too. Hmm. I don't think I've ever heard of them. Yeah, uh, that was the fucking uh, really awesome, like kind of like poppy hardcore I showed you last week or what, or two weeks ago. I sent you the shit that isn't oh, even yeah. out yet. Yeah, that's right. I remember now. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah, Victor Shores. If you guys just want some head bob and good positive shit. Yeah, and uh, again, hopefully there's a, a full length album behind this. And just one last thing. They sound like Sleep Sculptor, and their name is Soul. I don't know. Oh, I just got a minor right beside my soul. Yeah. Anyways, the it, names are so similar. I don't know yeah. if that was intent. If Sleep Sculptor, I think, is the newer band, so I'm not sure if that was in, intentional on their part or a uh, a nod to that band. Maybe they just have no idea. And it's yeah, just, we're we're covering Sleep Sculptor this episode too, and I have my notes like Soul Soul Keeper Sleep Sculptor. I'm like, I'm afraid we're gonna say a lot of the same stuff about Sleep Sculptor, but fortunately, this is a revisit for them. So Swim Swami Ah Sam I was saying it wrong this whole time. I was way off. I was way off. <laughs> <laughs> Levi, stop knocking shit over, you clumsy. coffee. All right. You ready? Can we fucking yeah, let's do this? On? Great. So we're going to listen to Gorgeous, which is uh, Soul Keeper's new single, which came out on August 9th of 2019. And there's a great music video for that, which I will link in the description. Here we go. <laughs> Oh! 
Alright, so that was Gorgeous by Soulkeeper, and that's their new single that just came out back in August. So next we're going to talk about Forget Our Names. Forget Our Names are a deathcore, mathcore band from the UK, featuring members of Requiem of Torment, who we've discussed previously on this podcast. And uh, Forget Our Names are relatively new, just released their first EP earlier this year in a single in July. Uh, but this group has come quite a long way, though, from Requiem of Torment. Not to say that they're... Um, you know, there isn't other things that could be improved. The production, obviously, is a little rough, but they've just, they've just gotten better. You know, overall, this is a, a marked improvement for this band. This time around, they're focusing on, you guessed it, breakdowns, of, mm. <laughs> yep. of which this, this episode is very heavy. Again, I, I think it's a marked improvement. Large, large step up from the last EP. Um, I mean, you remember Requiem of Torment, right? Absolutely. Some of that stuff was kind of rough. It was. It was. I, I want to. Like we picked the best track for the podcast in I, that instance too. I mean, I want to. I want my one critique is that. Um. Okay. The 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 vocals are this bland death metal kind of vocals. They're just. I don't know. They really didn't grab me. I guess. That's why I would kind of call it deathcore too. In that way, the, the vocal approach is definitely more, yeah, death metal. He had some really good like skaty lows, like when they when he went low low. But I guess the overall range of the vocals, I was a little like kind of bland. But I mean, listen, that's just like my like personal like thing with my ears. Just like it didn't grab me that much, you know. Like like Chris and I were talking when we played throws. Like his vocals, like both of us, just like fuck, love this dude's fucking vocals, like that kind of thing. It just this one didn't grab me as much. Um, but one more time big step improvement so Truly. really excited about this they've come a long way hopefully that they come out with a more substantial release following this in the same kind of like style because they've sort of they've, they've bounced back and forth between a couple other extreme sub-genres like, like in their earlier material they were sort of integrating this I mean in kind of industrial sound you know maybe that's just due to the fact that some of the drums are programmed or whatever but it really kind of had that sort of mechanical metallic feeling and sound to it yep like the inside of a machine. And I think maybe they were deliberately trying to go for that aesthetic. And now they're just, uh, I think maybe they're embracing a more traditional approach to their, their songwriting Dude. and their, their instrumentation. Heavy shit. It's great. Yeah. And you know, it, it kind of reminded me of the plasma rifle due to some of those guitar runs. Again, <laughs> I would actually make that same comparison for under the pier too, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Just like, you know, <laughs> right in between like some chugging. So, well, hopefully you guys uh, keep up the good work and everything. And Christian, hopefully we won't forget their names. <laughs> oh, <laughs> funny uh, guy. Yeah. Levi Sebastian, everybody. Gonna, funny guy. I'm going to sit back right Very now. Very funny guy. Uh, so good. He stayed up all night, but it was worth it. <laughs> it was worth it, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> um, and yeah, if you like their previous work, you know, akin to Gaza and Cult Leader, Spurn. We made all those comparisons before. Uh, it's just dissonant and nasty, mathcore and deathcore. So we're going to listen to Forsake Me, which is their new single that came out on July 22nd of 2019. Here we go.
Alright, so that was Forsake Me by Forget Our Names. And that's their new single that came out back in July. Alright, so we're about halfway through the episode now, so we'll go ahead and give you your release radar for the month of August. So first, Essential released a new full-length album, Van Dyke Brown's Crystal. Uh, just continuing to push the genre experimentation even further and further on this record. They've yet to release an album that I, I haven't really, really enjoyed, so I'm always excited to hear a new one from them. And in the tradition of what they do, they're just tight, well-executed math core with just pop elements in it. it it's so... It, it's crazy, as we talked about earlier this episode. Uh, next, M- Meth Mother of Red Light. Meth finally got their full-length album out via Prosthetic Records on 12-inch and Zegama Beach on cassette. Fawnlimbs released Harm Remissions uh, via Dark Trail Records, my record label, as some as you may know, and The Sludge Lord on cassette. Shock Narcotic released their full-length album, I Have Seen the Future and It Doesn't Work, featuring members of the Dillinger Escape Plan and the Black Dahlia Murder Battlecross, so kind of a supergroup, if you will. Enus, I-N-U-S, released their full-length album, Western Spaghettification, that has the guitarist of The Locust in it. Ox, who we just talked about earlier in this episode, released their full length. The skeleton is just a coat hanger. These are the black strings that make you dance. Rose Dower, we talked about last episode, released their full length album, The Michael Jordans of Suicide, featuring members of uh, Black Sheep Wall and Admiral Angry, so you just know it's going to be pissed off. Uh, so, some EPs that came out this month. The Burning Wind released their uh, EP, and Inheritance in A Sharp. Been waiting a long time for this follow up. They did not disappoint. We'll talk about them next episode. Serration, another amazing uh, hardcore band from Canada, put out an EP called Ease Yourself Back Into Consciousness. Hopefully we'll cover them next episode as well. Portrayal of Guilt, who have become sort of a pseudo-label as of late, just released their EP, Suffering is a Gift. Really excellent. Uh, Under the Pier released their self-titled EP. We talked about them earlier in this episode. Uh, Not Your Friends released an excellent EP, Constructing a Mental Breakdown, in the vein of The Locust, Prissy Whip, that kind of sassy uh, noise rock. We'll talk about them hopefully next episode as well. That's three right there. Uh, Viramia released their first single in about 10 years, I believe. There's another new Seizure single out, uh, another new Dysrhythmia single out. Geist, featuring members of Sense Offender, released a new single. Malevik released a new single, announced a full length via Sludge Lords, uh, Sludge Lord rather, Middleman Records, Freeman Death Commando, Zegama Beach, Dead Red Queen Records. Jesus, so many levels. And uh, what else here? Some other news. Curl Up and Die announced some tour dates, uh, a New York date, I believe. And they're going to be recording some new material here in the next year, I believe, too. We also have a new Tool album. We've already roasted it a couple times. It's pretty goddamn bland. I'm not going to go any further about that. And this is totally off-base, but New Devourment album. If you need something brutal in your life, go fuck with that New Devourment. All right, so that was your release radar for the month of August. Um, before uh, we go on, uh, we're, uh, we got the Discord chat uh, actively all the time. We got our lovely uh, Jay Dino, uh, our correspondent, and he just... Uh, We's going to give him a little shout-out. Give him a shout-out. Shout-out to Jay Dino. Yeah. Hi, Jay. To Jay Dino. <laughs> you little rapscallion, you. You little shit. <laughs> All right. So next we're going to talk about World's Biggest Bass Pro Shop, which is fitting because actually Jay did their uh, their promo video, huh. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Huh. You're squeezing it in at the right time, then. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. And um, we actually premiered their newest single, on our website, so you can read my little write-up about it there, say some sort of insightful stuff, and uh, <laughs> as I want to do. And uh, this actually features members of Portals and the Pattern 
recognition record staff. So it's a uh, <laughs> fuck yeah. It's Chicago as fuck, you know. It's basically just a bunch of Chicago kids. So world's biggest Bass Pro Shop started, I think, just this year. It's it's a brand new. I'm pretty sure it's just a two person project, actually, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, 2019. <laughs> if you really if you embrace that that term and that uh, that idea, then this is going to be right up your fucking alley. It's it's really in the vein of. CU Space Cowboy and Second Grade Knife Fight, Callus Cowboys, Rest Wrist Meets Razor, yeah, mm-hmm. Math Gift from God, all of this shit happening right now, and also this very is, heavy, heavy Lolo, yeah, right? Really, I of mean, course, absolutely. I mean that that's 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 a quintessential sound that all those other the bands we just mentioned embrace. Yeah, they're it's it's really good timing for them. As you would, if you read my my write up about it, it's it's perfect timing. It really is. A uh, big fucking fan of the backing, kind of like frantic screams that I hear. Yeah, they, the, the vocals are fucking excellent. Woo! Yes, they're really, really good. And great guitar work. It's it's definitely MySpace as fuck. Like, I, I think it's deliberately so, you know. <laughs> I, I think that they, they know exactly what they're doing with this this whole aesthetic. And if you enjoy that, then uh, you're, you're going to like this. It's it's definitely like a strong throwback. It's another one where it's, uh, it's sad it's only a single. Exactly. Uh, man, I, I really wish there was more material to listen to. I listened to that single, uh, you know, three or four times last night when I was Ditto. doing my notes. Yeah. Yep. So, I guess we'll go ahead and listen to the only song that's available. Welp. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to listen to, finally, A Machine That Can Bring Your Life to a Climax. And that came out on August 12th of 2019. And I will try to link uh, my write-up in the description for you as well. Here we go.
Alright, so that was, finally, a machine that can bring your life to a climax by World's Biggest Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> that is like the greatest fucking name I've ever heard. Uh, and that's their new single, which came out back in August again, that we premiered for them. And, wow, just how heavy, heavy Lolo is that? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I gotta do this. Great vocal approach. If you don't like heavy, heavy Lolo, you can get the fuck out. <laughs> We don't get to use that enough. No, we really don't. Yeah, I meant one. to use it earlier, but I was asleep at the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Uh, the Did Lou do those for us? Um, no, uh, this uh, this guy, Mark, from... Uh, what was the name of his band? I can't remember. Fuck. I'm so embarrassed that I can't remember what the name of his band is right now. Shout out. Sinketsu. Ah, uh, It's yes. a Kill a Kill reference. I should have fucking remembered that. But Shout uh, out, Mark. <laughs> sweet anime, too, by the way. So the next three bands that we're going to talk about are appropriate for this episode of MathCast because we talked about them all in episode one. Uh, the first being Spurn. So Spurn are a... Wow, it's sort of hard to describe this band. Um, you could describe them as avant-garde hardcore or mathcore, but they also have elements of death metal, like very angular yeah. death metal, like all the gore guts. Uh, that dark grime that we kind of spoke of before. Yeah, you know, they just... They are so angular. That really is just like the bottom fucking line. They have a really unorthodox approach to, to death metal, and uh, it de- it certainly bleeds over into uh, hardcore and mathcore territory. Dissonant and uh, aggressive and dark. Well, it's been, so technically it's been two years since they released their last record because we'd cover them on episode one, and now we're on episode 36 covering them again. Um, this is very uh, just uh, pleasing to me that I hit play and it is still spurned. Just solid, just fucking toughen it up a little bit. I mean, they haven't gone any other direction. It is just awesome Canadian brutality. Um, they've, they've next leveled though, truly. Like uh, they've really, they really have. This material is is the same but better. It, it's more of, of what I wanted from them. Yep. Um, always proving our point. Without Canada repeating is fucking themselves. brutal. Oh yeah, absolutely. That that meme that I sent you quite yep. recently. Yep. Sort of an elementary stupid format, but you know, it's it's Cartman and he's like with jamming with some guitarists he's like you can play technical death metal you're canadian <laughs> basically is um and i mean so so uh with these guys i want to say another thing uh your uh your song titles are great uh there is one uh pushing flat earthers off the earth god brilliant brilliant, brilliant. yes <laughs> it's awesome it's so that's actually i think my favorite track on this album mine is gonna be uh I, i'm gonna probably pronounce this wrong like i do everything in the uh but it's a uh, leporatic um, that one uh, I really, really enjoyed as well. I, you know, I'm not sure what you're trying to say. Uh, L-E-P-A-R-A-D-I-C. Leporatic. Hmm. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I'm from I'm from North Dakota. I'm oh, kind of... two words. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you're, you were Leporatic? Indeed, I think you're saying it correctly, yeah. yeah. I'm from North Dakota, that's... and, like, I'm technically Canadian, and I just, I, I know nothing of, like, I don't huh. know. You got us both scratching our heads over here. <laughs> ah... Uh, I don't speak Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's, uh, in all seriousness, I think that's Latin, but I have no idea what those those roots mean. Anyways. So um, that was your favorite track, though? Yeah. I think we should go ahead and just go with pushing the flat earthers off the earth. Boom, let's do it. I mean, Clapping Seals is sort of like the more concise track, but since we both agree that that track is standout, we'll go ahead and just jump to the near end of this album i mean this is that's why it slaps so hard fuck yep. yeah i mean i don't think we really are emphasizing quite enough how good this album is like uh lane oliver also reviewed this one too so i'll link that in the description for you 
actually, you know, I think we should go ahead and listen to Leporatic. I think you're right about that. I think that is the track that just is really catchy with that beginning, you know. Mm. That is uh, that is very catchy. Warm butter. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go ahead and listen to Leporatic, which is track three from Spurn's new album, At the Precipice of Excitation, which came out on July 26th of 2019. Here we go. So that was Leporatic by Spurn, and that's off their new album, At the Precipice of Excitation, which came out back in July. So next we're going to revisit The Central, the second band that we featured on our first podcast. The Central are a mathcore, post-hardcore, pop, <laughs> mm-hmm. rock, uh, it's, they have so many different elements. This is one of the most eclectic bands out there, just wild and weird and wonderful uh and the central started back in god i don't even remember when they started they've they've been around for i think since like 2012 if i'm not mistaken they have three solid releases behind their belt already wow yeah um excuse me discovery of a rat was one of my favorite albums of 2016 by far really really great full length so many like standout tracks we actually premiered some of their live sessions and holy shit do they execute these songs live just perfectly yep it's it's probably one of the best duos in the genre right now I, I can't think of a better duo honestly in terms of like raw musicianship 
they are two piece, and maybe it it you will like you should maybe watch a video of, the, of these two guys playing together. I'll link it in the description but, for you. How's that? But they have this the sound of what's going on. It's just like this. It it has this jam quality. It just feel it sounds like it's just two dudes fucking jamming and just riffing off each other. You know, um, it's I love his screaming vocals i love his more singy kind of style he'll go there's towards. a lot of singing on these releases yes um it 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 just goes in some weird kind of mr bungly kind of ways which i really appreciate um the central is just very refreshing they're from wisconsin right yeah that's correct they're from madison wisconsin just another midwest love just crushing it out there yeah they started um, in 2012 2012 jesus christ man and yeah discovery of a rat one of my favorite albums of 2016 and they followed up with sick and dying which really leaned into uh, that was in 2018 last year they, they really like leaned into those more like uh poppy elements they, they've kind of like started bordering a sound that's similar to modest mouse it's like indie rock you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just uh, just excellent like peace at home was a real standout track that was so just unlike anything else on the album it was like a soul track I go back to that every time I fly in a plane. I don't know what it is, but I play Piece of Home every time I'm flying and, somewhere and on the way back. And the lyrics are excellent for that song, too, by the way. Just excellent lyrics in general. It's uh, and, and just so diverse. Uh, if you're a fan of, of Daughters, you'll enjoy this. If you're a fan of Heavy Heavy Lolo, you'll enjoy this. If you're a fan of Modest Mouse, <laughs> there's fucking so much, uh, there's so much to enjoy here. And in the spirit of their uh, genre diversity and, and eclecticism, uh, Van Dyke's Brown Crystal, Van Dyke Brown, what is it? Yeah, Van Dyke Brown's Crystal, sort of a mouthful. Uh, they, they've continued on this, but just, again, leaned even further into those more disparate uh, genre tags, if you will. Anything else you want to add, Lima? Favorite track? Hey, Margaret. <laughs> that is good. Man, there's not a track on here that I, I don't really, really enjoy. But um, honestly, I think we should just go ahead and give him track one. Boom. So we're going to listen to Brown's Crystal, which is track one from Van Dyke Brown's Crystal, which came out on August 3rd of 2019. Here we go.
Alright, so that was Brown's Crystal by The Central, and that's off their new album, Van Dyke Brown's Crystal, which came out back in August. So next, we're going to talk about Gift From God, the third band that we discussed on our first episode, and again, just so appropriate, apropos even, <laughs> mm-hmm. that they've uh, we've circled back three years later, and here they are, signed to Prosthetic Records, just like Meth. And... Um, yeah, Gift from God released um, <clears throat> released some really good EPs back in 2016, I believe it was. Hold on. They a did. They did. Uh, they did like a tour EP. Yeah, they that, did that, that, that was a, yeah 2016 winter tour tape, which I really fucking yeah. loved. We actually listened to No Dude. He He's likes to spray. spray. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> that song title still fucking gets me to this day. They very famously did a split with Vane. I'm sure that's how many of you know this band's name. Um, and their supposed beef, which is, of course, I'm, I'm sure, squashed at this point. But, um, yeah, just amazing to see Gift From God just come out and sign to a major label, and they're back with a, a full-length album, finally. It's so great to see so many um, chaotic hardcore slash, like, I'm going to say this in uh, like screamo, uh, bands are getting noticed by these m- more major uh, extreme labels, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dot Gift From God is just fucking amazing. Um, this is just, it's... It really so is much perfect f- for what, what it is. Yes. Uh, it's, like a, it's like a page 99 had sex with Love Lost But Not Forgotten. It's just this awesome, frantic, screaming... just mm, Heavy, be- heavy Lolos jerking off in the background. <laughs> I hate that I just did that. Yeah. I can't believe I just fed into that. That was a good visual, by the way, if you think about that. <laughs> mm. I mean, it kind of makes Tangle. sense, given those those characters, you know. Yep. But, uh, uh, I mean, I I really don't have much to say, but fuck yeah, I guess. Um, really stoked on the videos. <laughs> yeah, I'm stoked on the first. That was the most milk toast endorsement we've ever given a band. Fuck yeah. Um, I guess. <laughs> uh, sh- sure. Uh, but uh, it, it's, it's going to be 12 tracks that they released. There's only two tracks out right now. Uh, I love the music video that they have out right now. There's actually three tracks out right now. Right now there's three? Okay. Mm-hmm. Haven't you got to listen to the full thing, or is that this is not one you've got to listen to? I have got to listen to the full thing. Son yes. of a bitch. And it's it's good. So tell everybody, yeah, how is it, Christian? It's it's excellent. Oh, it's exactly good. what you want and more out of this band. I mean, they've they've just perfected their sound. They've got a a six member lineup now, so the the sound is really quite full. It's it's powerful. Like So you'd agree with my statement, fuck yeah? Yeah, I would actually. They've they released they re-released a couple of their songs on this album, um, which confusingly were the songs that they premiered first. Like they premiered No Dude, He Still Likes to Spray. They you know, of course they're just a renamed, um, slightly renamed title of the, the same it's the same song though. And then Zagama Beach put it on there, uh uh That is like, true. Yeah. yeah. He's doing uh, cassettes for them. Yep. So the bottom line is you can get this album from Zagama Beach and Prosthetic Records uh, here next at the end of the month on September 27th. So, uh, yeah, as two of the new singles are not really new songs, I guess we should go ahead and listen to Possible Futures in the Minds of Children, which is track four. Love it. Great. So, again, Possible Futures in the... <laughs> See, I don't know how to transition after I do that. I just, so anyways. I totally fucked it up, so I guess I'm just going to say here we go.
Alright, so that was Possible Futures in the Minds of Children. And that's uh, track four from Gift from God's upcoming album, Approximation of a Human. They even threw in a woo. They did throw in a woo. I, I'm a big fan of the woo, I gotta say. That's another notch on the MySpace belt for sure. You know, that was that was literally the first thing I said when I heard that song. I was like, oh, that was a good woo. I'm all, I'm all about the woo. Big fan of the woo. Our, the women in our lives just hate us completely. It is just... It's me or the woo, Christian. <laughs> woo! So Irma's packing her bags, huh? That sucks. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's sad, but... Girls gotta go. <laughs> all right, um... So next we're going to talk about Sleep Sculptor. Sleep Sculptor are a progressive metalcore, mathcore band from Philadelphia, or from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, pardon me. And um, they started back in 2017 with a EP that we covered on this podcast, mm-hmm. actually, Untimening. And now they're back with their new full-length album, their debut full-length album, if you will, uh, Entry Dispersal. Dual vocaled as well. Yes, they uh, they are six piece, two guitarists, two vocalists, bassist, and a drummer. So if you like a, a dual vocal attack, uh, you'll really enjoy this band. They 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 do bring that. They they utilize the two different sounds very well. They're very complementary. It's like doesn't feel gimmicky or tired. You know, I don't think every band can pull off having you know having two vocalists simultaneously. It despised Icon was one of those very few bands that it actually worked for. I feel I feel the thing is number with, twelve very with, briefly and uh, inside the Beehive very briefly too. With two with two vocalists, you want two separate ranges, you want back to back, and you want them together at some point. And I think that's really the only way to do dual vocals is just kind of you know I mean this is with sleep it's just more sleep, layering I guess yeah sleep sculptor you have two similar but totally you got a high and a low you. Both dudes go to that low er register. Um, they do it together. It's back to back. I love the back to back that Sleep Sculptor is. Um, it's just a great. I, I feel like the dual vocal approach is not lazy in this uh, band. And then I feel like they there's this back to back thing, or you could do the dot gift from God approach, where it is just the love lost but not forgotten page ninety nine approach well, of just everybody on top of fucking everybody. It's like you get a mic, you get a mic, fucking let's do this like that kind of thing. And I I, I really like this this cleaned up approach of dual vocals. It's good. It's fucking heavy too. They're they're one of the, they're just like one of these new up and coming like heavy Pennsylvania bands that's kind of just breaking out right now. Lots of good. Lots of good of like a uh, live footage uh, or just recording footage. You know, uh, they it's yeah, it's it's a good band. They did a great session video too. Quite. It's recently. more of a session video. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And of course, the the drummer James is is wearing a math core index shirt, which totally made my fucking day. Boom. That they did that. That he did that rather. So a uh, major shout out to, to James and Sleep, Cul- Sleep Sculptor for that. So I really hope we're doing, uh, we're playing the, the single with Carson. Oh, naturally. Yeah, of course. Hi, Carson. So, um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and listen to Relinquished, which features our homie and correspondent Carson, Carson Pace of the Callous Style Boys. And that is track four from Entry Dispersal, which is coming out on September 27th of 2019, the same day as Car Bomb. Right? That's good. Actually. That's fucking awesome timing. It makes sense to me. Yeah. Yep, I like that. Be uh, something else for people to talk about that day. Get done listening to Car Bomb, you can listen to Sleep Sculpture, or vice versa. So, uh, again, Relinquished, Track 4, Entry Dispersal, September 27th. Here we go.
right, so that was Relinquished, featuring Carson Pace of the Calistow Boys, uh, by Sleep Sculptor, and track four from their new album, Entry Dispersal, which comes out on September 27th. So last, we're going to revisit Seizures. So, uh, we've covered Seizures before uh, on this podcast. Dark Trail Records, my label, has put out a split uh, with them in arms. Um, they performed this year at MathCore Index Fest 2019. There's a photo essay up right now. And uh, there's also a full live set on the way. I'll try to link that for you in the description for the photo essay. Christian's busy editing those day by day. That's right. Uh, we should have steak sauce mustache going up here in the next week or so. <laughs> that was a fucking doozy, by the way. So you can really look forward to that one. I haven't really got a chance to, to dive too much into seizures. I took like, a brief look at it, but they sounded really fucking good. I don't, I don't even have like fucking the, polished. I, yeah, I don't even have the mixed audio for their set, but they sounded good. It sounded really good. Homeboys were ready to play. They were, man. That was that lineup was just meant for them. I there was no band that I, I couldn't think of before Seizures. They were the first band on my list for booking a California um, installment of Mathcore Index Fest. So it was a fucking honor to have them. I mean, I've we've talked about this band quite a few times. This is the first time I guess uh, we were talking about them like individually. Though I mean, we, yeah. we covered them when we were talking about the arm seizure split a few, uh, you know, back in May of last year. <coughs> um, the, uh, the, uh, this, so they, they have a new, they have a new record coming out here very soon. Uh, the singles that are out so far are fucking amazing. They're getting the love from decibel. Um, I, I just think this, mis- they, they, okay. The, mis- the sound has matured quite a bit, but Definitely. it still fucking sounds like seizures. And Christian, and I both agree. They are really, turning up that surf rock kind of thing going on it's like surf rock dillinger it's that's it's the good. best way i could describe it to you they really are just it's totally southern california you really you get that socal feel from it hmm. yeah man it's 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 on that fucking vibe for sure and they've you know they, they've had five years in between this and the sanity universal so i'm glad to see that they, they there's a real stylistic evolution here and it was already hinted at in that split that they did with arms I thought I felt like that was their best material yet at that time. Now I certainly feel like uh, the Reverie of the Revolving Diamond is their best material yet. That's the name of the new full-length album that's coming out on October fourth. And uh, at this time, there's two singles, um, but uh, I think we should go ahead and listen to "In the Valley of Twilight Maris." Love it. So we're gonna listen to "In the Valley of Twilight Maris," and that's track three from "Reverie of the Revolving Diamond." I love that album title. It's such a a uh, thought-provoking title. And again, that's coming out on October 4th of 2019. Here we go.
Alright, so that was In the Valley of Twilight Miris by Seizures, and that's off their new album, Reverie of the Revolving Diamond, which comes out October 4th. And wow, that is, that is just so good. Their, their level of artistry is, is incredible. They're really excellent musicians and songwriters. They've just they've progressed so far, and uh, yeah, just really fucking excellent album. It's going to be a nightmare for me to do my year-end list, honestly. I don't know how I'm going to be able to organize my thoughts. There's, so much music. Yeah, it's it's tremendous. There's been so many good releases this year, and it's it's really hard already to sort of rate my top ten. I'm pretty sure I know what my, my top three will be, but after that, it's going to be a bit uh, difficult. And they also have vinyl available. Um, two different variants, a lovely blue variant and an orange variant. I snagged the limited blue one, of course. The orange one is crazy color. That's fucking awesome. They both look excellent. Both look lovely. So vinyl fans can snag that through their uh, their record label, which is called Sun Terrace Records. And you can also get cassettes, which are being curiously released through uh, Portrayal of Guilt. As if Portrayal of Guilt is now a record label or something, but... Um, <laughs> Either way, they're they're producing cassettes for them, which is really fucking cool. Portrayal of Guilt also just putting out excellent music, as we've we've talked about mm-hmm. recently. They just put out this another new EP this month, as we talked about unreleased radar. <laughs> um, so yeah, just fucking good shit, man. Love seizures. Glad to see them doing shit. Mm-hmm. So now we're gonna go ahead and play our interview with. Behold the Octopus. Thank you for this, Colin, by the way. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was really great chat. Just great chopping up about music. Easy, easy talk. All right, so now we're going to go ahead and play our interview with Colin Marston of Behold the Octopus. Here we go. What are some of your biggest influences uh, for this newest material? Um, well, for our newest material, which we're playing, which is, um, I'm not going to say unrecorded, because we actually have recorded some of it, but it's un- unreleased. Uh there were a couple new specific influences. Um, I wanted to get away from using the traditional drum kit um, with normal sort of crash cymbals and hi-hats and ride cymbals and things like that. So we kept the kick drum, the snare, and the toms, but we removed all the normal cymbals and replaced them with a couple of sort of short, sustained, small bell-like cymbals and a couple of pitched cowbells a metal pipe and a wooden plank. So this is more like tonal percussion then. They're the only things that are te- like actually tonal are the cowbells. They're actually pitched to I'm trying to remember the two notes. G sharp and C, I think. Okay. But everything else is sort of an arbitrary percussion pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and Jason, our uh, current drummer, is also playing with mallets. So the drumming is the thing that's the most different from our previous records. Um, the other thing that's different is the way we wrote the music, uh, as opposed to the way we made all our shit in the past, which was involved composing away from the instrument, sort of on purpose. Mm-hmm. So I would sit down with a notation program and write traditionally notated music and then learn it after the fact. Right. The new stuff we're doing, I sort of went back to writing a little bit more traditional rock method where I just write, write on the instrument. Jam it out, basically. Yeah, you know, jam out the ideas and then record, like, you know, sort of one idea at a time, cut that all together into a demo. Uh, I sampled the new drum set that we set up in the practice room one day and used the samples to program 
drum parts for the new audio and then sat down with Jason and he notated the parts himself the way he wanted to sort of see them written and in, in a way that uh, would help him memorize them faster. Because that was always a part in the past that sort right. of slowed down the process was like writing the shit and then having to in interpret memorize this it. very, this stuff that wasn't come up with on the instrument so it wasn't really ca intuitive to, uh, you know, maybe like positioning or uh, fingerings, things like that. Your um, ergonomic, shall we say. Yeah, yeah, the kind of thing you don't really think about until you try to play it. Executed. So, yeah, to kind of work around that a little bit, um, yeah, I switched the method back to kind of the way we wrote in the very beginning, which was just kind of writing on the instrument and programming drums and then, you know, learning that stuff. So it's been going uh, really smoothly working on the new stuff. And we're, we're a long-distance band again now because Mike moved back to L.A. where he grew up three years ago, so all the new stuff we've been working on now is just me and Jason getting together every week, and then every three or four months we get to jam with Mike and try it out all together. So do you guys just jam online, like on Skype, or does he, no, no, he fly wait. out? The drummer and I live in New York, so okay. we, we get together every Monday morning oh, right, and, just and drummer, practice. And the other member, of course, that's in... Yeah, and then we'll, um, we'll for, for anybody that is uh, uh, unaware of like sure. the lineup, can you give us the lineup? Sure. Yeah, um, the band consists of uh, me on the war guitar, which is ostensibly a bass and a guitar on one instrument. Um, Mike Lerner on regular guitar, and Jason Bowers on drums. Cool, cool. And cool. Jason is the only um, the only non original member. Is that correct? Right. Yeah, we've had. He's our third drummer that's played on records and there was a actually I was playing with the defeated sanity drummer for about a year no shit in between weasel and Jason and uh, it just it just didn't logistically make any sense to keep going with it but I was sort of over there for a while Colin's wearing a defeated sanity hoodie we were talking about it before we started recording so yeah, yeah. I, I immediately <laughs> had to pester about it yeah. Yeah, to, <laughs> some, old, some old friends yeah. Yeah. Conversation. Yeah. Um, um, so behold has always been a three-piece yes. ultimately okay. yeah uh, Mike and I started the band and wrote the first two songs before we had a drummer and just had program drums um, but we didn't play any shows that way or anything it was it was always intended to be a three-piece and um, so we got uh, we found Charlie maybe like two years into working together and then he was in the band until 2008 and then we had Weasel from the end of 2009 through the end of 2013 2014 was the year I spent kind of jamming with Lilla and then Jason comes in, I think, at the end of 2014 or maybe beginning of 2015. So to clarify for just like people like me, um, so the first release, who was on there? And the last release you had, who was on there? Um, all the records are with Charlie up until Horror Ascension. Gotcha. That's the one Weasel okay. plays on. And then Jason's just on the new one after the that, which one. is okay. Cognitive. Yeah. And the Cognitive is a six-track one, correct? A four-track. The four-track. Yeah, oh, it's a pretty okay. short album. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but anyway, anyway, getting back to your original question, which was about the influences yes, for the new yeah. stuff, uh, that's kind of like the difference in the sound and the instruments and the difference in the writing approach. But musically, uh, some of the influences for that change in the in the percussion were um, Ioannis Zanakis, who's a Greek 20th century classical composer, whose percussion writing I really have You're always just preemptively liked. answering a bunch of questions right now. So I'm yeah, yeah, it. this might get to some <laughs> other shit too. So he, the way that he wrote drum parts in quote-unquote classical music was al always came across to me as very like rock or sort of heavy metal in uh, feel somehow or in intention mm -hmm. I just can't kind of see a connection there if it's there or not who knows um, so that was one Varez uh, who is a, a French 20th century dude also really like his percussion writing and then from more of the jazz end of things, there's a drummer named Tony Oxley uh, from the UK who's like a free jazz player, played with Cecil Taylor a lot and so on. And his drum set 
incorporates lots of weird percussion instruments that you're not used to having on the drum kit. And they're all sort of set up right next to each other as this mass of cowbells and, you know, just odd odd sounding things mm -hmm. and he has this technique of almost sort of like dragging the drumsticks across these things to get these disparate sounds kind of quickly all in a row so that was another influence of a way to kind of like bring a bring a different drum writing vibe into the into the band and then the string writing I can't say there was any like specific influence on that that was more just intuitive yep. but the drums were like a very just sort of decisive like I want to change this very de definitively and have this have this like totally take on a new role in the band Love so it. what other 20th century composers are you influenced by um in the past i would say more guys like penderecki and ligeti bartok um schnitke uh barrio really like luciano barrio his writing um the pieces he's best known for and ones that i really like are his sequenzas which are solo instrument pieces and those were always kind of an influence on Behold because they're kind of like, you know, they come across as somewhat virtuosic, but it's very specifically written for the people that play, that played the music. It wasn't like Bach where he just wrote music, not necessarily for any particular fashion. person to play. He just, it was written, you know, and some of the time he would write music that wasn't even for any particular instrument. It was just like the art of fugue isn't written mm -hmm. for violin or organ or anything, right. it's just written, right? Mm -hmm. So the Barrio sequences are written not only for specific instruments, but for specific musicians. And that's kind of what Behold is. I'm writing for Mike Lerner, and I'm writing for Jason, and for Weasel, and so on. So um, one thing I've always wanted to get better at with the composition of the band is writing more to the strengths of, music of the musicians that's in the, in of the project. Yep. So yeah, and, that, and that's hard. And you know, it takes like, like a lot of metal and rock and stuff that isn't even necessarily like what we do but still it takes might take a few years to make a record just because everybody's got got to work and don't, you know you can't do it full time really and even if you could it might take a long time i mean you look at guns and roses it's full-time <laughs> band takes 13 years to make an album so that's like one end of the spectrum but um yeah the point point being it, it's uh it's hard to advance with that shit maybe as quickly as even i would want to but to that's always something I'm I'm striving for is to is to write shit that will be sort of better interpreted by the people in in the band at the Love time. It. Love it. Um, yeah. So let's see here. Um, well, we I guess we can't talk about Dire Wolf, so we'll avoid that subject. How did you end up linking up with uh, Black Market Activities? That was actually through the band Psyopus, which um, I, okay. <laughs> I, I, ironically. Now, all these years later, Jason used to play in that band. Right, exactly. So that's play one of our yeah. things here. Yep. Psyopus, always a band we've been weirdly tied to somehow. Yep. But yeah, so um, we played with them in the early days of the band, maybe 2003 or four, and made friends. And um, they had already released their oh, first album on Black exactly. Market, or it came out like right after that. And or this something. is like this is at the point where Black Market was already tied with Metal Blade, basically. Um, right. Yes, I okay. think it was. So you're like in that yeah. later era of black market activity. It totally kind of like was because that was one of the selling points for me. Because I was very skeptical about labels in general, and I was like, I got oh, I got my Psyopus record in FYI, FYE or whatever. Yes, yeah. that's where right. I got that. So yeah. And that was back in the day, really like, 
kind of before the really big shift of the music industry. It was like coming, it was there, everybody saw it, but it hadn't quite happened yet. So it wasn't all about streaming and Bandcamp wasn't there yet and Facebook wasn't even there yet. And so it was right when that shit was sort of on the cusp. Um, so it seemed like a good idea and Absolutely. we signed a three album contract, which now seems like <laughs> ludicrous to me. But um, yeah, and it was what it was, but uh, here we are. Yep, awesome. Well, awesome. We're so glad that you did that. Yeah, exactly. Are there any specific music theory concepts that you employ uh, to your compositions? Um, yeah, sort of a broad question. Yeah, sure. Um, in the past, there were some pieces I wrote, like uh, the there's the song Estrogen Pathogen Exchange Program from our second EP, which was written in the serialist style. But not even really quite serialist. It was more basic than that. It was just 12-tone. So that's sort of the beginning of serialism where you... Um, the simplest way to explain it is just you play every note that exists in the chromatic scale right. before repeating. I know it's well done. So yeah, it um, and it was that. It really was a very basic like a- approach because serialism gets way abstract from that uh, starting point. So um, there was that, and there's a couple parts of other pieces where I've used that technique uh, somewhat intentionally. Sort of like I, sometimes I'll get somewhere and I realize it's like almost 12 tone and that'll maybe push me to finish that finish it that way Um, but really aside from that not much Uh, the music's written very intuitively even though it's influenced by a lot of classical music which might be written potentially using music theory more as like a compositional technique Mm -hmm. but um, for the most part I think the, the real role of music theory is as is as an interpretation, not as really a composing like method. Right. Uh, so ultimately, you just want to put down the sounds that you like hearing, and head. and right. maybe in there is there's a there's a music theory concept at work that somebody could could point at and say, oh, the, you're using this but when this you're, scale you're or this that. mode or whatever. But I'm not necessarily thinking that way when I'm writing. You're not um, consciously aware that you're doing something that's, you know, you know, I'm playing whole tonally right now, for example. Or yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I could, like I said, I could probably after the fact tell tell you that, but it's not necessarily like I wasn't doing it because it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's interesting because somebody like Lila from Defeated Sanity, the music sounds really atonal, and some of it is, but he thinks in keys, so it's interesting because it's like. His music actually might come across as less music theory based than ours, but it's more music theory based. He's actually like following the quote unquote rules a little bit closer than I am, whereas I'm just kind of like, I, any, anything could be cool. I mean, let's, let's see, you know? And then really what's going on underneath that is whatever processes I'm subconsciously employing, but I'm not, I'm not saying to myself, I'm going to write diatonically or I'm going to write atonal or, or, or anything. I'm just going to write some shit and it is what it is. Right. Um, so I, I want to take one right away. Uh, so uh, as far as music theory goes, um, do you have any uh, plans to do any kind of like tab notations book? We, yeah, in the past we have had plans to do a, not a tab because we, we haven't ever worked with tabs, but a, but yeah, a notation book. Um, and yeah, Mike was starting to edit one for a while and I think it was like around the time that Weasel was leaving the band and I kind of felt like no tabs then. No tabs. No, so no tabs cuz never no tabs were ever. I mean actually there could be cuz maybe uh, maybe if we took it seriously and we wanted to add them they could be added, you know, yes. but they don't exist already. Right, right. Cuz you're pen to paper pretty much, right? Right. With how you write? We're, like I was saying with the old stuff it was, yeah. yeah. And okay. then with the new stuff, 
the only stuff that was written down was the drums and after the fact. Got it. So okay. There's right. no score for the strings on any of the of the the stuff that's going to be on our forthcoming album. Love it. Okay. Um, uh, do you have a title for that and everything? No, I have zero titles. Zero song titles. Zero album title. Um, uh, any release? Nothing yet. Just but the the release. I actually think it'll be just early next year because okay. uh, half of the album is is done. It's recorded and mixed and finished. Oh, no shit. It was done last year after our last tour, and then. Um, I wrote the rest of the record in between, and that's what we're going to play tonight. Well, we're going to play basically the whole record, and then uh, we're going to do the songs we hadn't recorded yet right when we come back, and then it should be wrapped and mixed and finished like after the next tour, sort of by the end of the year. So, okay. yeah. Let's see here, what are some of your um, your other non-metal influences? Like, what do you what do you listen to like in your like your own time that's like not metal? Um, these days a lot of improvised music and free jazz because um, that was something that I never appreciated specific artists of free jazz like um, okay well the records I've been really liking recently there's an Alice Coltrane record called Universal Consciousness uh, which is pretty sick a lot of she's just a lot of like shredding on organ and harp and stuff and then there's um, there's a Peter Bratzman um, uh, trio record called Balls <laughs> with uh, the Dutch drummer whose name I'm clutching on right now, but he's borderline performance art and he plays horns and stuff too. Um, what the fuck is his name? Yeah, I'll remember yeah. it right as soon as we're done. Yeah. But uh, yeah, up, everyone. I've been really enjoying. And uh, there's an Evan Parker record of solo soprano sax. Um, that, that I, I'm going to say the title wrong. It's something like two of six or one of three. It's like two numbers. Jazz. Yep. Um, and uh, all, all, <laughs> the, all the titles are, are similar. Yep. But, uh, I mean, all all of his solo records are kind of incredible. But that that's just one that I kind of happen to have from a, a bass player that I recorded, Tom Blankart, who's a really great improviser, too. Do so you like that soprano sax register then? Or? I mean, I, I just like the way he, he does it on this record. And, you know, not, not necessarily. I, I stopped really being that much of a fan of particular instruments a while ago when I kind of realized. I was like, you know what? All the instruments I thought I hated... Like, somebody's doing something cool that I just haven't heard it yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very true. Because I feel like, yeah, all the things that I hated when I was growing up, now I can totally appreciate just once I found the musician I liked who, That's who really was playing that, that instrument. So you have a yeah, studio yourself to record, right? Yeah, I run a recording studio. Can you get the name? It's uh, called Menegroth, The Thousand Caves. Okay. It's thethousandcaves.com is the website. And where are you based out of? It's in Queens, New York City. Okay, cool. Um, yep. I take it uh, you are recording all Behold's stuff, correct? Right. So, yeah, all the bands I play in, all the records that you hear were done there. Um, the really early Behold stuff, I didn't have that studio yet. Okay. So the, but you the, still recorded. Yeah, okay. yeah, I still worked on all of them. But everything from Skullgrid on is at the current studio I'm in. Amazing. Uh, okay. Yeah. And I worked on Imperial Triumphant's records and stuff, too. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Okay. Oh, really? Wow. That makes perfect sense. We did not know that. Okay. How do you compartmentalize songwriting for all these various technical projects? Like, I was how about do you, to ask that, yeah. How, did you, how do you manage to like write distinct material for all these seemingly surface level, it's like a layman, you know, very similar projects? Right, yeah. I mean, like, maybe, you know, people might look at Dysrhythmia and Arctopus and be like, they're both instrumental trios, you know. Yeah, totally. So, uh... One easy answer is just the instruments are different for the different bands, for the most part. Bass and Gorguts and Dysrhythmia, War Guitar for Behold, and Guitar for Kralis. Um, but on the new Dysrhythmia, I play guitar on three songs, and in the new Kralis stuff, I play bass on one song. So I haven't fucked around with it in Arctopus yet. I think that's... <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it, baby. <laughs> um, so the War Guitar, is that something you 
dubbed there, or is that yeah. just what it is? No, it's uh, that's the name of the guy that makes them, Mark. Really? Mark. Okay. I, I, so I'm I'm not a musician myself, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, even if you were, they're super obscure, so okay. it's not it's not something. Mo, you know, most people maybe would have heard of anyway. Okay. I want to shame him really bad right now. Though. Okay, so 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 <laughs> I mean, that's, this is good because this yo, is like I no, mean, you know, who who knows this for shit? For anybody like. that that watches the videos, because I see a very wide neck, sir. Can you explain to anybody out there that does not know the instrument what the war guitar is? I mean, sure. Is it every other fucking string is like a, like six string bass? Or like how does that work exactly? It, it's it's basically a bass and a guitar on one neck. So six string and a six string. Six string and six string. Okay. The thing that makes it look really funny is that the bass is upside down and it's tuned in fifths like a cello or a violin so it goes from very low all the way up it's very into the, into the guitar register so okay. it kind of looks like there's only like one string in the middle that's low and everything else is high that's kind of the illusion yeah but it, it, it's intense <laughs> yeah but really it's kind of uh bass strings sort of up this way and guitar strings down towards the floor that way. Where did you pick up the war guitar? Like, like, was this beho before Behold? You were like, was oh, yeah, I love Behold. the war guitar. Like, give me that. Like, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, I came across it pretty young. Um, I was 14 when I got my first one, and I had only started playing guitar like three years before, two years before. How did you get so, this? Um, it was a like a guitar summer camp situation where you could, you know, typically it was a place that typically you would go and you would learn, you know, I don't know, jazz guitar or metal shredding or I don't know what I mean I think they had various classes but one year um, I heard about a touch style class where uh, war guitars was actually renting out instruments for the class that you could you know rent for like 35 bucks plus the cost of the class and have yep. like a five-day class in this instrument and actually get to to play one and try one out and like go home with it at the end of with the day and fuck around with it and touch that big fucking neck like. exactly so i mean the, the class was hilarious it was me and my buddy george who was my my one friend music buddy growing up and then like three other middle-aged dudes and that was the class wow so two teenagers and three mary. like grown men tapping mary had a little lamb with two hands <laughs> yep. and that was it yeah we were playing really simple shit and it was you know it was it was cool because i'm not a super schooled musician i had like a year of guitar lessons enough to get a foundation and then kind of was mostly self-taught and kind of learned by ear and stuff. And so that was kind of the same thing with the war guitar. I got like a crash course and then... Amazing. And then I, the instruments were for sale at the end of the class for this ridiculous discount. And you're never going to find those instruments in the store. And if you want to get one, you got to custom order it and pay $4,000 and wait a year. So this was a way around every single one of those problems. So luckily, as a kid, I kind of foresaw that. <laughs> And my parents were like willing to shell out the money, and because that is like such an absurd instrument to like get for your child. Too. Exactly, like, it makes exactly. no sense. Yeah, <laughs> it makes no it's so sense. So impractical. Yeah. Like I mean, to like to be a mother and father, be like, oh, yeah, get the kid. To and that. the learning the curve that. Is, like, must be that so is a leap of faith right there. Yeah, I mean, shout out they, mom and dad. <laughs> they, they already could tell that I was all about playing guitar. And so, and what age was this again? Uh, Fourteen, Jesus. and I was already deep into King Crimson. They were my favorite band, <laughs> and so. They could tell it wasn't a passing thing, and like I'm saying too, the it was it was not four thousand dollars. It was like eight hundred dollars because of the yep. the discount from the class. So I mean, it went from being like just un, unattainable to just like a really expensive guitar. And now so, you're a stick man for life. Yeah. yeah now, <laughs> so uh, uh, just one more question about the war guitar. How many war guitars have you had? Two. So oh, I okay. the one the one that I got as a kid, and then Mark uh, made me one. Uh, back in 2008. So the one that I'm playing tonight, I've had since then. You have both, though. 
still. Not with me, but yeah, but I have. You still have the other one. Yes, I, I still have the other one at home. Yeah. Awesome. Totally. <laughs> It's not really feasible to tour with two war guitars, apparently. Yeah, not a whole lot of reason. I mean, back when I had the other one, uh, I was it, it. Sometimes the uh, wiring would crap out, and I was yeah. like, "Oh man, it would be great to have a backup." But I mean, for this tour, we flew out, and I would have wouldn't have been able to really bring bring two anyway. I mean, you it just would have been impractical. Live ever like? Not on the war guitar. I break strings constantly on bass. Like, I think I broke nine really? strings on the last the the Gorguts Dysrhythmia combo tour. Do you and pick or pluck. Pick or pluck? Do you, use, do you use a plectrum or do you use your fingers? Oh, I'm sorry. Wow, I was just like, isn't that the same? No, that was, pick that or pluck? You got to answer right now. <laughs> I just like pick. the alliteration. Okay. Pick. Always pick. Yeah, right. I don't. I don't play fingers, but uh, the war guitar is all fingers because it's tapping. Okay. Um, right. So Naturally. that one, I basically don't use a pick on here and there. Um, so yeah, I think that's the difference. It's like playing with a pick. I, I have my technique. I like overplay or something, and I break a lot of strings. But on the war guitar, it's course, a lot more forgiving. Yeah. Um, so for this next release you have coming, um, is this going to be just self-released? or No, I have a label in mind who said they want to do it, but we haven't like made it official. So okay. just just for his sake, do we I know won't this say label? that yet. But what, do we know of this label? Possible? Oh, absolutely. I mean, love it's, it. it. That's all we need to know. It, it's, a <laughs> it's the label that. The labels. <laughs> yeah, once I once I sort of thought of them, I was like, why didn't I think of that before? Like, it's perfect. Um, oh, oh, so, awesome. Oh, okay, that's exciting. Cool. Hopefully that that all happens and. Um, good? I mean, honestly, I think we pretty much got all the questions here, man. Um, uh, so you're headlining tonight. Uh, we've got two bands before you. Yep. Um, wish you the best of luck, man. It was thank you be great. so much, yeah, guys. Colin, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you, guys. Boom. Been awesome. <laughs>